This is Your Week, Your News, the Clarksville Now original podcast. My name is Ryan Pluckerman. Joining me as always, the award-winning editor-in-chief of ClarksvilleNow.com, Mr. Chris Smith. Hey, and I now have a microphone in my face. You do? As agreed. (laughs) We had a... uh, I had a sudden realization as we we're about to start that I did not have a microphone in my face, and now I do. This is what happens when you get a newsman mm-hmm. on a podcast. I just, just going to type. Yeah, I'm just going to start typing, and that's going to uh, to accomplish our goals here. I just do listen to me type. Uh, I, last week's podcast, I think both you and I were in a bad mood last week. Oh, did we sound off? I think we sounded like we were in a kind of in a bad mood. I don't know when it's discussing. Like politics, we get there's a lot of politics in there last week's a lot episode. Of in last week's, yeah. um, and so. You know, I think we were both in a bad mood. I do stand by my my statement that if you're a local politician grandstanding on national issues, that you're a clown. Oh, but there's some other things I want to take back. But but no, so I, I'm in a much better mood to this week. Okay, and I think yeah. it was because I had to move two kids out of the house because they're going to college. Yeah, this is and hitting you hard, isn't it? It was it hit me really hard last mm-hmm. week. So I'm in a much better mood. This week, mm-hmm. are you are you in a in a decent mood this week? You I should be because you're mood. you're award winning, which we'll get well, to later we'll on. Get to, yeah, yeah, should but, be in uh, a really yeah. great mood. Uh, I'm a little hot, but uh, you oh, know it's, it's like 98 degrees outside. Yes, but, the heat dome. Yeah, yeah. We so. have been spoiled rotten. Before we get to the top stories on ClarksvilleNow.com for this week, we have been spoiled rotten in Clarksville this summer because as the rest of the country has been dealing with oppressive heat and record setting heat, we compared to comparatively to other summers. We've had a pretty mild summer mm-hmm. here in Clarksville. It really has been. Yeah. You've had some some weeks where the, the temperature was mid-80s, low 80s, low humidity. It felt really good. And we kind of got into this mindset of, well, maybe we're going to skip the badness. Maybe mm-hmm. we're not going to get the super heat that we usually get. And then this past week reminded us that, no, no, no. Yeah. Summer's not and over. Because I, I feel like a lot of summers in Tennessee, you know, are in the low to mid 90s, yeah. you know, for at least a couple of weeks or whatever. Right. And we right. just kind of skipped, you're right, from like the mid 80s to the upper 90s and <laughs> with heat indexes, you know, in triple digits. Right. Right. Just out of the blue. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the heat. Um, Do you want to start with that? Sure. These are the biggest stories, by the way, in case you're wondering where we're pulling these from. We're not making any of these stories up. These well, are the, I might be. <laughs> these are the top trending stories for the week on ClarksvilleNow.com. So uh, for several days this week, we've been under heat advisory with um, temperatures in the upper 90s and then heat indexes yeah. um, around like 105 uh, yeah. and that kind of thing. Well, uh on Thursday, an excessive heat warning was issued for Thursday and Friday right. with um, a high in the upper 90s and a heat index. They're saying it could get as high as 111. Um, so, Ugh. yeah, we'll see if that happens. But, uh, yeah, that's awful. Usually it's going to hit like around 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. is when it's at its worst. That's right. when it peaks. But it's, yeah, just awful. Like, you know, I go outside to my car and normally I roll my windows down f- to cool off the inside of the car. Right. Now it's like I roll them down. It's like, well, now actually <laughs> inside my black car, it's actually hotter or, uh, you know, cooler than the outside temperature. Right, right. Yeah. It is one of those things where you wake up every morning and you go to bed every night praying to whatever deity you choose to uh, that your air conditioning con- yeah. continues to work. Um, I don't know if you heard about our uh, buddy Jeff Matthews. I know. He told me. Yeah. He uh, lost his uh, AC and ended up having to spend the night in a hotel because he was, it was like 95 degrees in his house. I told him that he needs to send his landlord the rent next month, whatever that was, minus 
the hotel mm-hmm. fee. Yeah. And when yeah. they go like, you're short, that's when you say, well, you you didn't fix the air Yeah, I also almost melted. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> well, there's almost a Jeff puddle in the middle right, of the floor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you're, you're so thankful that your air conditioning works. Mm-hmm. Um, when it stops working, you're, you're making that call as fast as you can, praying that someone can get out there as yeah. quickly as possible. I know that Manic Cafe has been op- operating some cooling shelters yeah, um, yeah. for folks, and there's been a lot of... Yeah, they've been extending their hours for their shelters and stuff yeah. to get people out of the heat little heat related mm-hmm. things as far as sports are concerned as well as yeah we had um an incident on uh I'm trying to remember what day it was um where there was a, a jv uh football game being played um and a west creek player was uh taken to rush to the hospital yeah with um uh heat exhaustion um you know the kid's okay you know, he'll be fine but it just shows, you know, you can't just take it for granted that you can get out there in a helmet and pads and stuff and or just out there at all and do sports practice because, um, you know, you could you could seriously get hurt. Did you say sports practice? Sports practice. Yeah. You could have just well, said any that. sports. I wasn't going to specify football. Aren't people sp- doing like practicing soccer and uh, you know who says field sport, hockey things and- like sports practice? My wife who knows nothing about sports. I, your wife probably knows more about sports than I do. That's, prob- that's very true. Yeah. But no, this is. Anytime when you know when the school year starts and you've got these fall sports, mm-hmm. we use that term very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, football is that thing where, in cross country as well, where you train in the extreme heat. The season starts off very hot, and the season finishes very cold. Mm-hmm. You go through, and all of a sudden, you're dealing with you know the first game. You're just sweating. Covered in sweat. You can't drink enough water. And the last game, you've got special thermals on underneath your yeah, pads. because running, running through snow. Right. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Um, the middle school football is back in, in Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. There has been junior pro because people are like, there's been middle school football forever. That's junior pro. It wasn't connected to the school. Mm-hmm. It's connected to the school again. So each middle school has their own football team. And so since my wife teaches at Ridgeview, we've been going to the Ridgeview games mm-hmm. and cheering on the Cowboys. They moved the game back by like an hour, the start back, so they could cool it off a little bit. Yeah. And they were taking extra breaks and, and plenty of water and stuff. But as a fan sitting out there, I was Why just... Why did you put yourself through that? I was just like covered in sweat. Yeah. I sit down and bake. And the Ridgeview middle school shirt that my wife got for me is the lowest quality, li- uh, uh, least breathable shirt so you option. Got that big piece of vinyl on your <laughs> chest. <laughs> yes, I'm just like. Oh, I hate my. I, I've got so many shirts like that that look so good in the <laughs> store or whatever, and then I I take it home and put it on. It's like, oh, there's a nasty, sweaty piece of vinyl right on my chest. Who? Why do you want? Would you want that? No, and and, but, and it's it was it was great because you know it's, it's fun to watch, and you know I think middle school football everyone needs to go watch at least one game. Okay, because there's none of the things that that you hate about like upper levels where a lot of celebrating and mm-hmm. coaches screaming and parents cussing people out. And everyone just kind of understands uh, what that is. But it was a very sweaty game. Mm-hmm. I I was drenched as a spectator. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm not going to do it. You gave me two reasons not to go. One, the heat, and two, it's sports. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is not a fan. He's not going to no. show up to your sports practice. Don't send him uh, those press releases. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> teach his own, but it's just not It's not my uh, cup of tea. Chris Smith does not go to sports practices, and he's no, not watch cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, the uh, so seriously, we've got um, some good information on our site about w- what is a heat index. After yeah. all, you yeah. know, um, people a lot of people don't understand. How do they that. calculate that, Chris? Do you remember? Uh, or am I, I putting you on the spot? Um, I do not know off the top of my head how they calculate it. Okay. I know uh, layman's terms is basically a function of the humidity combined yeah. with the heat. So if the humidity is over a certain level, you like you add to the raw temperature right. by whatever factor. Um, the humidity is contributing to to make to to what it feels like. And I know people that are from other parts of the country will say, "Oh, you're you're canceling football games, and you're you know you're making practices shorter for 98 degrees mm-hmm. when the humidity is so high. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so much more dangerous because you your body cools itself in the heat by evaporating the heat by this by the water evaporates your sweat yeah. evaporates that cools you mm-hmm. when it's 99 percent humidity." your sweat does not evaporate. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for the body to cool itself when the main mechanism of cooling isn't working. Yeah, so away. You're that's ba- you're baking in your own skin. Basically. Exactly. Basting yeah. in your own sweat. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we had um serious heat this week. Hopefully it's supposed to break over the weekend. So mm-hmm. hopefully it, it, it is breaking right now as you're listening to this. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was the weather. Um, so a couple of other stories. One, um, is about downtown commons. So, oh, this is a doozy buckle up folks. Oh boy. <laughs> how do I explain this in simplest terms? So, um, we got, I'll start out how we ended up being impacted by it. We, um, got a couple of calls cause people were upset about, um, rumors that the Juneteenth block party, uh, was being canceled. Uh, they were being kicked out of the, the commons. That was the first we right, heard of it. Right. So we interviewed the people involved, um, talked to various folks about it, about what was going on. Um, they gave us, you know, their side of it. Um, then we reached out to the county to find out, you know, what their side of it was. And essentially what they're saying is it's not that the Juneteenth block party is being kicked out. Um, what's happening is that the downtown commons used to be run by a nonprofit agency. Right. When the tornado came through, mm-hmm. and that was 1999. Yep. A, a a a organization called the Two Rivers Two Rivers Company yeah. Company was created to help rebuild downtown. Right, right. And so for the longest time, the city and the county was funding the Two Rivers Company. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, right. And so when the downtown commons was built, and I'm going to say this right, I love the downtown commons. Oh, I yeah. think it was it, fantastic, beautiful yeah. addition to downtown. Everyone who says it was a waste, like you really want an old dilapidated bank full of asbestos. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but. When the, when the when the downtown commons was originally created, it was under the control of the Two Rivers Company, right? And so they could they could have events there because it's a private company. Yeah, as long have, as they, um, you know, they were nonprofit, right? Uh, sort of quasi governmental uh, nonprofit agency, and if they approved your event, you could have it, and that could be a for profit business holding an event. It could be vendor tables. It could be alcohol sales. It could be big inflatables. Right. It could be anything. A lot of big things to do downtown, and so mm-hmm. Juneteenth was allowed to have. All of these different vendors down there you know, celebrating black businesses and yeah, all of that. Because a key part of the Juneteenth block party was a celebration of small black businesses. Yes. So they would encourage small uh, vendor, you know, small business vendors to come out, set up tables, and sell their goods and wares. So what has happened, and you correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, what certainly. has happened is through politics and various other things, neither the county nor the city were funding the Two Rivers Company anymore. Right. And so the Two Rivers Company just disappeared. Yeah, it, it fell apart. Much like most of the of the evidence of the tornado downtown, <laughs> the Two Rivers Company right. disappeared. It so, no longer is in existence. So then control of 
the downtown commons yeah. then fell under the county, making it a county park, mm. making it when that moment happens, all of a sudden now the downtown commons exists as a county park and has to obey all the same rules of every other county park, right. which states you can't charge admission, you can't have you know businesses, and it puts a lot more regulations on events at a county park than there was under the Two Rivers Company controlling right. downtown commons. Did I get all that? Yeah, yeah, Boom. you got it. So the, um, but the, the issue that this creates is there are some entities that really relied on that park, right, or the commons to to do what they were doing. Juneteenth um, basically was helping fund the festival by having right. the vendors. Yeah, um, and if they can't have the vendors, well, then they can't really have the festival. I mean, yeah, theoretically they could have it, but who's going to pay for it? Right. You know, I mean, if you it, there are so many events that are supported by the vendor sales. You know, right. we used to do a um a church uh, festival every year. And the way we paid for the festival um, was by having vendor sales at yeah. the event. It's right. kind of part and parcel of a lot of these festival right. things. Um, now, the county pointed out, for example, um, Arts, Artville. I'm saying, yeah, Artville. I can't want to put an S in my Artsville, but I, I believe it's Artville. Okay. Um, they um, have their big art fest every year. Similar concept. A big portion of it is vendor sales. But what they did was they are holding the um, vendor side of the event um, nearby in the uh, parking lot of the sanctuary um, building. And then they're doing the um, the celebration at uh, the downtown commons. So they decided to split it between okay. the two things. Yeah. But like, you know, the Black Horse wanted to do another pour the love type event at the commons. And they can't do that now because they're a for-profit business. Which I believe that what needs to be done here is because the downtown commons was not created as a park. Mm-hmm. It was created as a space to use downtown for various things right whether it's for concerts or or movie night or Mm -hmm. these type of events now we all know that montgomery county government can do things very quickly when they want to Mm -hmm. we talked about that in the last episode if there's if there's a hot button topic oh we're gonna solve that one meeting Mm -hmm. um but i think this is something where they want to look at it and go like can we move the downtown commons and designate it as something else Mm -hmm. not a county park but as a space or whatever, is there something that can be done that can take the downtown commons out of the rules that govern all the mm-hmm. rest of the county parks and designate it something differently? I think that makes sense. I think it looks horrible. The optics are horrible. Mm-hmm. When the first event that falls under these new rules is Juneteenth. And I think it's important that we in Clarksville celebrate Juneteenth and have a festival like that. Mm-hmm. And that was the perfect space for it. Yeah. And you got somebody willing to organize it. Exactly. You know? It's something you don't have to organize as the county. So I'm hoping and I'm imploring because I know some of them listen because I read your messages. Um, <laughs> look into this yeah, and look at a way that can can the county commission designate the downtown commons as something other than a county yeah, park and, so they can go back to the old and regulations. The thing that's going to be the hang up. And this was uh, one of the things that I don't recall, which um, county official referenced this, but it's liability is part of the issue. Mm-hmm. So if they were to allow alcohol sales, yeah. if they were to allow inflatables, um, then, you know, what if somebody falls, you know, off of an inflatable? What if somebody um, drinks too much and um, drives home and, and gets in a fatal wreck? Right. You know, who is liable for that if it is held at a government controlled right. park? Now, they got around this with Two Rivers because then Two Rivers could become liable for that right. kind of stuff. Right. And they had, they were separate from the county and had their own liability issues, I suppose. You right. Know? But that's probably going to be where the rub comes in is how... 
how could the county operate that park um, in a way that the county won't be sued if something bad happens? Yeah. Um, and is it fair, and I guess this is maybe where the vendor thing comes in, is it fair to allow certain businesses to operate at the park and not others? And how do you work that right. out? Like, you know, who do you approve to sell things and who do you not approve to sell things? I don't know. I mean, that's where it gets complicated. But it, it does make sense. I mean, it, it, just because the county needs to operate it, do they have to use all of those park rules? Couldn't they, by resolution, um, set set it aside as something different? Well, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. I, you know, I know that, you know, county county commission, you were elected by your constituents to solve problems like this. Mm-hmm. Come up with a solution because I think it's. I think we just can't go like, oh, it's a county park now, can't do that. Mm-hmm. I think we have to preserve it's, the spirit of the downtown yeah. commons and find a way to allow events like Juneteenth mm-hmm. to take place without games where they have to put the vendors over here and the, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Can we bring the downtown commons back to what it was before the? The, uh, the collapse of the Two Rivers Company right. to give people that opportunity to enjoy the space the way it was intended. This is, this, is a, this is not a problem that somebody actively created. Right. This is right. a problem that the bureaucracy fell into. Right. Yep. And so when you, that is exactly the kind of thing that uh, I started to use a cuss. I started to cuss, Ryan. Did you? I, I almost cussed. Oh my God. That is exactly the kind of thing that peeves people off about government right. is when a problem is created accidentally and then nobody's willing to solve it. <laughs> right, right. So this is an accidental problem. Nobody's blaming anybody. Right. Well, I'm, some people are blaming people, but, you know, I think reasonable minds can see that this was not an intentional act. And so we, so something needs to be done actively right. to, to solve the problem. I think Chris Briggs, uh, brings up a great point. No one did this on purpose. Mm. No one sat at a county commission meeting and said, Oh, how can I wreck someone's day? Yeah, here's a convoluted <laughs> right, way to, right, right. to get rid of an right. event. Yeah. This is nobody's fault, hmm. but it is a problem that came out of bureaucracy. Yeah. And so, we, you know, I think we speak for most of Clarksville. I, I'm, I'm speaking for you on this one. Uh, fix it. Just There's got to be a way. There's got to be a solution. Mm-hmm. Find that solution. Yeah. Fix it. And then I will take back everything I said in the last episode. <laughs> 100%. It'll be great. <laughs> You were not calling all government officials clowns. Some I wasn't. Pe- no, some no. people took it that way. I know. I know. That is not what you were saying. <laughs> you were uh, you were getting highly irate about clownish behavior. I was in a bad mood last yeah, week. Okay, am giving, I allowed to be in one? over your children, <laughs> your offspring? By the way, can I say how unfair it was that both of my children uh, moved to the third floor of a building without elevators? Oh, they're trying to kill you. And aren't they? dad has to carry the they're fridge. They're trying to kill you. <laughs> they're trying to. Yeah, that's bad news. Yeah, it is. Um, Can you see now why I was in a bad mood? You lug a fridge up <laughs> three stories of stairs by yourself and see what happens. All right. Uh, the next big story that we had, um, and this, ooh, this, this was uh, a scary situation. Luckily, it ended well, and mm-hmm. everything happened the way it was supposed to. Um, a uh, loaded handgun with ammo was found in a student's backpack um, at Kimwood High School mm-hmm. in Clarksville. So it seems there was a group of kids who were having a fight, and um, the administrator, an administrator, and an SRO um, got in to break up the fight. Um, and on suspicion that there might be contraband in the student's backpack, they searched a kid's backpack and found a handgun and two magazines full of ammunition. So um, 
the uh, SRO, of course, confiscated the gun, um, and now the kid is facing um, some pretty serious consequences for this. As they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's it's horrible. The one thing that this story does bring to light, mm-hmm. and I know that Sheriff John Fusons had an interesting year, and I'll leave it at that. But one thing that it really has shown a spotlight on is Montgomery County is almost an example to the rest of the state on how to handle school safety correctly mm-hmm. with uh, CMCSS working hand in hand with the Montgomery County Sheriff's office. And I give Sheriff Fuson major credit for this. It's one thing to talk about school safety. We all know everyone loves to talk, talk, talk till they're blue in the face, but to do something about it and having school resource officers on campuses and using that, that program to keep our schools safe is probably one of that that is his crowning achievement. Mm-hmm. And I will forgive him a lot of controversy <laughs> for that. We have school resource officers in nearly every single school. Mm-hmm. And why do we have school resource officers? For situations like this. Right. Imagine if there wasn't an SRO mm-hmm. at Kenwood You're when this happened. Mrs. Pluckelman, you know what, trying to break up a fight and, exactly. and confiscate a student's gun. Exactly. You know? I mean that's yeah. You know, as as uh as as a, the Nashville, you know, state assembly is, and you know, Governor Lee called everybody in for that special session. I can tell you right now, they're talking about what Montgomery County does. Yeah, yeah. Other districts have contacted Montgomery County, like, how are you guys? Like, how does that all work? Mm-hmm. Because we're the example. We didn't sit by and wait for something to happen. We took progressive steps to make sure that kids were safe. Right. And having school resource officers, it's absolutely genius. And I know a lot of the schools. What I love about it, too, is those school resource officers are valued members of the faculty Mm -hmm. and the kids get to know the school resource officers and they have a relationship with those school resource officers. The only hesitation I have about the whole SRO thing is if it's not if it's handled badly, Mm -hmm. you are. Um, creating basically a police department inside a school right. and ter- and criminalizing bad student behavior. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that students do wrong and stupid. Right. That should that they're going to do wrong and stupid things. That doesn't mean they should be thrown in jail for it. Right. And that's that is a risk of an SRO type program. However, in Montgomery County, from what I've seen and from you know the way things seem to have been going. It is being done appropriately yes. and well, and there are relationships. Because ideally, like you said, the students should have good relationships with the SRO. And maybe that's that student's first point of contact with law enforcement is that beloved SRO who helped them find the bathroom when they were in third grade or whatever. Right. You know? So that can it can be a very good thing, and it can be kind of a destructive thing. And it seems like it's being done as a really good thing in Montgomery County. I think they're doing a really good job screening the officers that they're putting into SRO positions and putting the right type of person mm. into those positions. You know, that horrible school shooting they had in Florida where they talked about, you know, sheriff's deputies showing up and this running away because they were scared. Mm. The difference we have here with school resource officers is they know these kids. Mm. They see these kids every day. Much like teachers, the the students become their kids in a way. Mm -hmm. And it creates this bond that I guarantee you, heaven forbid, something were to happen, that school resource officer is is, is going to do everything they can to protect their students. It's a wonderful, absolutely wonderful program. This is another example of why 
we lead the state mm-hmm. when it comes to yeah. school safety. And the other thing that we do is, um, you know, we the, all these other schools in Tennessee are talking about trying to harden their entrances and harden their schools. It's like, why didn't they? Didn't everybody do that? Like 10, 15 years ago? You would think. No. Yeah. Montgomery County School System did it 10, yeah. 15 years ago. Uh-huh. We hardened those entrances. You used to be able to just walk into school. Now you have to walk through a completely separate entryway, go through the school office. You can't just wander in like you could when I moved here in 1999. But after that, we had you know some school shootings, the county commission put the money up to, to do that. Yeah. And now we're, we're ahead of the game. We are. Um, now, the other thing, of course, uh, that was mentioned um, by Sheriff Husson in this uh, report was that they're, we're getting ready to have these um, weapon detection systems. Yeah. Um, there's one being tested right now at Northwest. Uh, the plan is to install another pilot at Rossview um, in mid-year. Yes. Um, so hopefully this will be funded and we'll maybe we'll get some state grant funding for this to put those weapon detection systems at every school. Ain't no way you're getting a backpack in if you're going to have to go through a weapon detection system to, exactly. uh, getting into the school. I know that there's a lot of talk about additional funding to school districts from the state for mm-hmm. safety. And I know a lot of those districts are going to be using those funds to do what we're doing here in Montgomery County to model mm-hmm. their school system and school safety after mm-hmm. Montgomery County. So yeah. since you've already done that. That is a yeah, good opportunity. We take another step. Well, yes, yeah. and that's where where does the money come from for these weapons detection systems? Well, mm-hmm. it's coming from these from these possible grants and mm-hmm. uh, and and money's coming to the schools for school safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, and one thing just to emphasize: yes, uh, for anybody who doesn't know this already, um, if you are caught with a gun in a school, you will go. You will be expelled. From that's from the school system. Yes, for a full calendar year, not okay. a school year, a calendar year. Okay, so it it is very important that parents understand this and emphasize this to their kids. It's not a game. It's not okay, and you will be expelled for a full calendar year, and you may face uh, criminal charges as well. Right, and it sounds like so this- it doesn't matter what your reason is. Doesn't matter who your daddy is. Doesn't matter what's going on. You take a gun to school, you're out for a year, and you could be thrown in. You, well, thrown in jail. You could be facing criminal charges. Which looks like this this young person is going to be facing some criminal charges. Probably so. Right. Uh, by policy, the school system um, can't say uh, anything about individual student discipline. Um, but yeah, right. If you're a betting person, <laughs> yeah. it's looking like it's like that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no I'm sorry after something like this. If you um, you'll you'll be expelled if if they're you're found with a gun in school. Um, so we've we already talked about the weather. I had weather next. You can step skip the weather. We've already about. talked about that, Chris. Yeah. Well, the other th- cool thing that happened this week, you know, I was I was kind of half paying attention to this because um, you know, it's there's always another building at APSU. You know, there's always something that they've got under construction. You've, over there. you've been spoiled. I've been spoiled. Here's the thing, and you shouldn't be spoiled I because be you spoiled. got you pulled into Clarksville in ninety nine. Uh-huh. I came to Clarksville in two thousand and five. When I got to Clarksville in two thousand and five, Austin P, unrecognizable to what it is today. Mm-hmm. I remember they had two dorm buildings that were these brick walled structures that look like a a seedy 1950s motel did those get torn down they did get torn down and now you see these beautiful new dorms and then Mm -hmm. the whole 
Well, just hemlock semiconductors. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that pipe yeah. dream that came to town and they turned mm-hmm. the factory was open for like 30 seconds and I go, close it down. We're done. But they <laughs> came in a very brief uh, explanation of a much more complicated <laughs> set of facts. But go ahead. <laughs> but no, when they dumped all that money into APSU and they built all those brand new buildings as well, mm-hmm. which were supposed to be for hemlock training. But since they shut down after 30 seconds of operation, They've been turned into math buildings and, and mm-hmm. other things. So, and you look at that, you look at the improvements. Sunquist Fort- Science Center, that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at that, when you look at the improvements to Fort Terra Stadium, when you look at the fact that, you know, no longer are they playing in the Dunn Center, the basketball's going to be happening in the FM Bank Arena. Mm-hmm. Like, Austin P has grown at such an incredible rate. Look at the arts building. Oh, well, and yeah. Uh, Morgan University Center. Yes. That's that's like the showcase of the campus, and that was only built 10, 15 years yeah. ago? Yeah. The, but the, the, the arts building was the last one that opened, mm-hmm. which yeah. is oh, absolutely yeah. beautiful. spectacular. Oh, yeah. 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 Which I love what, when, they're, when, they're, when they're expanding Austin P. What I love is that they're keeping the look. Mm-hmm. Like they're very conscious about making sure that these buildings fit in with the campus mm-hmm. and don't look like an attached eyesore. Like, yeah, whatever. Just, you know. Yeah. Build it. All the buildings look like they've been there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they use modern architectural styles, like glass, for example, yeah. they combine it in such a way where there's there's also the brickwork, same style of brick and that kind of stuff. But they you know, are incorporating more modern things while, while maintaining the look. So all that to say we're spoiled because we've spoiled. been seeing these improvements coming nonstop. Yeah. Really, if you walk onto the campus of Austin Peay State University today... If you were to go back in time in a DeLorean or if the engineering department there has got a time machine or whatever and went back to like 1999, you'd go, oh, my God, this is is the same the yeah. same thing. So now they're building it even. There's another new building another coming. New building. So this is the uh, health professions building. And um, what what caught my eye was it didn't occur to me until I was reading the um, the, the news, one of the news releases that came over and then Lee Irwin's coverage of it. That this is going to be the largest academic building on campus. Really? Yeah. Where the are they? The largest. Where are they building this? I'm trying to think of where so, in the uh, campus you've got space to build something that's 114,000 square feet. So if you drive onto campus okay. on 8th Street, okay, it's um, there's a bunch of basically parking lots and stuff over near where the Centerstone building, before you get to the Centerstone building. The, so the right across from the, from the stadium? Right across, uh, no, across from the uh, MMC. Music and Masscom building. Of course, I think you that's right. It's Chris, that is by the stadium too. It's by it's on, where they have their sports practices. It's on Eighth Street between <laughs> College Street and Marion Street. Okay, okay. on Eighth between College and Marion. <sighs> anyway, um, and I looked at these pictures, and the thing is huge. Um, yeah. It's going to be one hundred and fourteen thousand six hundred square feet. Yeah, one hundred fourteen thousand. Yeah. Massive, massive. The problem is though. There's that used to be parking. That was a parking lot. Oh, just Uber. Um, As a parent of a child who goes to Austin P, I have heard about where am I going to park, Dad? That's a problem at every campus. It is. These kids are young. Walk it off. <laughs> so they're going to have the, the building is going. Chris to include, has no sympathy for your no. walking kids. I used to walk ten miles through broken glass. What you don't know is when Chris went to school all those years ago, he had to drop his horse off three miles away from campus. Yeah, that's right, old Nelly. Um, so AP. ASU is going to have their School of Nursing, uh, Departments of Health and Human Performance, Medical Technology, Medical Laboratory Science, Psychology, Radiology, 
uh, I'm sorry, radiology technology and social work are all going to be housed in this building. So the cool thing about that is not only can they consolidate all these programs in yeah. one space, there's more room now for all of those programs to grow. And now there's room in the buildings they're leaving behind to to grow those other programs. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So basically adding a lot of space to campus. I, I, I did not look at the pictures. The pictures are amazing. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, I would show them to you, but then I have to turn my computer. I'm going to go to ClarksvilleNow.com. ClarksvilleNow.com. You can check out the photos of this. It's huge, massive facility. It really is exciting. You can see that Austin P, one of the fastest growing universities. It is the fastest growing university in the state of Tennessee. One of the fastest growing universities in uh, in the country. Still affordable. Still a still a great place to send your mm-hmm. to send uh, your, your kids. I know there's a lot of people that their students. You know they they live here. But their kids will go to Austin P and stay in the dorms. This is a way to get away from mom and dad, but not yeah. be too far away. Yeah, you. Can, I mean, the campus life is something very different, and you know, you can't really, you don't get the same thing if you're driving in every no, day. You don't. You know? But as Clarksville continues to grow, it's great to see that Austin P is growing at almost the exact same rate that Clarksville is in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this is exciting. It's great to see the um, state investing uh, money in Austin P and um, helping grow our campus and our community. Go check out those pictures at ClarksvilleNow.com. Speaking of ClarksvilleNow.com, um, so Ryan uh, came to me uh, almost in tears yesterday. I hate you. This is one of the reasons I hate you. <laughs> because I can't believe you did this to me. Because there's a photo of, uh, speaking of photos in Clarksville now, there's a photo of Ryan. Um, so it, it, at this awards presentation, there's the this Tennessee wonderful Association shot of, of the four people who uh, participated in winning this award. There's uh, Charlie Kuhn, who's one of the hosts of Clarksville's Conversation. Yes, yes. Which one? And, the uh, looking, <laughs> looking dapper in a, in a nice uh, salmon-colored tie and a jacket. There's Katie Gamble um, in a beautiful black dress with yes. a pearl necklace. And, yeah. And then there's me, uh, and I'm standing there wearing an um, open-collar white shirt with my nice black blazer. Yeah, yeah. And then, Brothers, there's, yeah. and then there's uh, Ryan wearing a black tie and a navy blue blazer. Yeah. Throwing deuces. <laughs> Okay, real, real quick. The backstory on this: first of all, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters held their awards. Yes, award ceremony. Their seventy fifth annual. Well, not annual. Their seventy fifth conference. Right. Um, their uh, award ceremony. Yeah. So Clarksville now won best digital product. Yeah. Rightfully Second year so. in a row. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Clarksville's conversation, which is also on WNZE, mm-hmm. you can hear the podcast on uh, on ClarksvilleNow.com as well. That won best talk show. Yeah. And so we won two awards. We won everything we were nominated for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of pictures were taken that night. And first of all, the dinner is fantastic. It's at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. This beautiful ballroom that overlooks downtown Nashville. And apparently the tickets must be expensive. I don't know. I didn't pay for them. And our fees must be expensive to be a part of the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters mm-hmm. because the meal was really nice. It was. And it was open bar. And I'm not yeah. talking like cheap open bar where you can have a, a thimble of Kentucky Cav- the Tavern whiskey, mm-hmm. which is like $5. Yeah. No. They had top shelf stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you I, took advantage of well, that top shelf. Once you were I found, reaching. Once I found out that my <laughs> wife could drive and B, I didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Get daddy some of the nice top yeah, shelf stuff. Yeah, reach for me. And so we had taken a million pictures at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. And so 
Let's take one more. Mm-hmm. Chris on his phone right now has 50 pictures <laughs> where I don't look like an idiot. And so I had no idea that that picture was going to be used for ClarksvilleNow.com because yeah. I, I believe your wife took that picture. Uh, I don't know who took that. I know you didn't take it because you're in it. (laughs) Um, So there I am. I think uh, I think Charlie's daughter Lexi took that. Okay, so Lexi Kuhn took that that picture. I thought it was just something that Lexi would you know send to her dad for his for his his, his scrapbook, Mm -hmm. and and so I I I I was feeling a little cocky. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I, th- I threw the deuces and gave the stupidest look in the world. Uh-huh. Well, what picture shows up on <laughs> ClarksvilleNow.com but that stupid picture? Well, I love it because it shows uh, braggadocio, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's, it's you know, it's a night. It's, yeah, we won two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we won two awards. So it's a perfect uh, compliment to the rest of the photograph. I should have stayed but out of photos. The other thing, too, is all the other photos that we had access to were either out of focus or were way too small in the photos. The TAB photographer is taking a sweet time okay. releasing the official photos from the event. What you don't know, what Chris isn't telling you either, was the night also had another celebrity, besides Chris Smith, by the way, mm-hmm. the award-winning uh, <laughs> editor-in-chief of ClarksvilleNow.com, uh, 80s pop musician, John Oates oh, it was, was there. He, he performed, yeah, yeah, but he was sitting right next to Chris Smith, mm-hmm. and Chris had no idea. No, no, he has one half of the best-selling duo of all time slurping a salad uh-huh. inches from him, and yeah. he has no idea. Well, and the irritating thing too is like everybody at the table was like, "Chris, turn around, turn around, turn around." <laughs> so everybody's saying, "Turn around, turn around," and I'm like, "What?" And I'm looking behind me, like, "What's going on?" And apparently. John heard you guys saying, turn around, turn around, turn around. So John turns around just as I turn to see him and our eyes meet. And I'm like, hi, uh, hi, uh, don't mind them. They're being idiots. And here's what I, here's what I knew. I probably shouldn't be in he's like photos. literally like three feet. Right. We're back to back three feet away. You are away, back to back. And our eyes met. And it yes. Was, it was very, you know, private moments, private eyes. And as Chris is, and as Chris is talking private eyes to John yeah. Oates, I look at him and loudly say, John Oates, your kiss is on our list, man. And he just looks at me like, what are you saying? Yeah. And he, he very sheepishly turns around. And by the way, he left dinner early because I, I think he was very uncomfortable yeah. with the winning table. So that's when I probably should have stayed out of the photos at that point. But hmm. heck, if you want to see me <laughs> bragging that Clarksville now won two TAB awards. Yep. That picture, not as nice as the new buildings at Austin P. Yeah. Well, yeah. next year, three fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I saw him like, I screamed from my office, I hate you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm going to yeah. get you back. I keep these photos fun. Boy, you know, just photos of people just standing there being, you know, smiley. That's no fun. Okay. You have some fun with photos. All right. Yeah. Just know that I will get you back like at some point. It's going to be on a mural or something <laughs> Yeah. They're going to paint a mural for Clarksville now. Hey, there's the drunk guy with his with the deuces. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Um, so, Ryan. Yes, Chris. How do you feel about Excel Barbecue? Let me tell you about Excel Barbecue. Mm-hmm. When I moved here... This is the second time I mentioned when I moved here. 2005. Mm-hmm. I grew up up north, right? Where barbecue is just whatever meat you have and you just cover it in sauce, right? Mm-hmm. So I really didn't know what pulled pork was, southern barbecue. Mm-hmm. And, and a friend of mine took me to the XL barbecue. And I, I, I want to preface this by saying this is love. So you got to roll with me for a minute here. Mm-hmm. 
The first time we went to the XL barbecue, it's a gas station off XL Road. I'm like, they don't even have gas here. Are we are going into a gas station mm-hmm. for, for this? I don't know about this at all. Yeah. Because this is one of those things where looks can be very deceiving. Yeah. And I remember having a pulled pork sandwich from XL and going, my God, where has this been all my life? Yeah, yeah. Because I was told by the same person that good barbecue doesn't need sauce. Sauce is something you can add if you want to, but yeah. it shouldn't need it to be good. Right. And the XL barbecue, I don't know how they do it, but they were able to, I mean, they make just incredible pulled pork, no sauce needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've taken family members there and they're all like, are you sure we're at the right place? I promise you yeah. we are at the right place. And so their smokehouse burned to the ground. What about six months ago? Um, yeah. Once it ago? was in May. Oh, not so not not that terribly long ago. Four about four months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, now oh, I'm trying the, the to dates, find the it. dates. Don't, don't matter. The dates don't matter. You know what does matter? It was in May. It was in May. So the problem with the smokehouse, and Wits learned this as well. Um, the problem with the smokehouse is basically you're lighting stuff on fire, having a big fire yeah. with lots of smoke all the time to get that smoke, you know, infused yeah. into the, yeah. the meat and. Every now and then, you know, something's going to go wrong. You know, you get a bunch of grease around there. Yeah. You get, you know, things got out of control and, and the smoke out. And that's why, you know, think about the old style kitchens. You know, you, back in the day, you wouldn't put a kitchen in the same building as a house. Right. You know, a proper house would have the kitchen off to the side somewhere. Right. Because kitchen fires are so common. Some Similar thing with the smokehouse. You never right. want the smokehouse to be part of your building. Right. Um, so the smokehouse burned down and it burned down at Wits. Um that was about two years ago. Yeah. The one on Wilmer Boulevard, yeah. the smoke house or smoke shed uh, burned down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that happened to Wits and it left their barbecue out of commission for quite a while. Um, so they had, a, I think they still had a limited amount of barbecue that they're at smoking XL. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. But not to it's the not level. It's not the same. Right. And you so know? now they've, um, they rebuilt it bigger and better and hopefully safer. Um, so it's, it's much bigger than the old one was from what I can tell. And um, yeah, so it's back and um, they've got so many orders. They've already run out of meat. Uh, at Excel. Well, because people so, know. Yeah. It's one of those, like, one of those secrets. Yeah. I, I, we don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've changed hands ownership wise, mm-hmm. but apparently the recipe stays with the building. Yeah. Honestly, there is nothing better than going to the XL barbecue, getting yourself a sweet tea, mm-hmm. a, a pulled pork sandwich, and a piece of chest pie. Oh, that chest pie, is, huh? yeah. yes. Yeah, that's a Clarksville home run is what that is. That's nearly <laughs> as iconic as a Johnny's with a buns and cream. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a must have. Yes. You've not lived in Clarksville till you've had Excel barbecue. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's absolutely delicious and we're happy to have them back because it is so good. Uh, the same friend that brought me to Excel and kind of explained the ways of Southern barbecue to me also said there is a direct correlation between the quality of the barbecue and and how many times the smokehouse has burned to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think XL barbecue has gotten even better yeah. with their brand new smokehouse. So uh, I have a confession to make though. Okay. I prefer wits. Well, I've always preferred wits. Well, they've been closed for a year. So they have, it's very sad. Well, you need to go to XL now. Well, yeah. So wits is um, actually my hometown barbecue. Um, I was uh, born and raised in Athens, Alabama, where wits was a, a concrete cinder block building, not that unlike XL uh, yeah. building. You know, it's just an old, simple shop. And um, yeah, you there there was no inside eating. You just drive up to the window and get your Wits barbecue every weekend. And 
you would um you know have Sunday dinner would be from Wits Barbecue. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It was a common thing. I um the Eric Witt, uh, who's like the son of the guy who's or grandson of the guy who started it, was a friend of mine when I was like in elementary school. You were hanging with the Wits? Yeah. And then uh, when I was in college, they suddenly franchised, and all of a sudden there's Wits Barbecue everywhere. Like, Why is there a Wits Barbecue in Murfreesboro? Right. I, I was shocked. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I, that was. You know, my my uh, stepfather was from New Jersey, and he would make a stop in Athens um, every time we were there and bring back a uh, barbecue from a Witz barbecue that he put in the freezer for the rest of the year. Let everyone, let that sink in, everybody. Mm-hmm. Chris Sports Practice Smith, who has been <laughs> described on ClarksvilleNow.com's Facebook page as a lefty who wants to turn Clarksville into San Francisco. I'm right-handed, actually. (laughs) (laughs) He grew up in Alabama hanging with the wits. That's right. Yeah. So I've, when I, the first time I tried Excel barbecue, I was like, this isn't wits. So, because wits is juicier and it was, you gotta keep using those was. Yeah. 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 So I've always preferred wits. It's leaner and juicier. Are you going to go to Excel though? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It makes me miss wits. Because <laughs> you grew up with the Wits family. Yeah, yeah. All that barbecue money in your hometown. Yeah. So, uh, but XL is back. I know that makes a ton of people really, really happy. So uh, give them some love. It makes me absolutely happy. And those are the biggest stories in Clarksville for this week. Your week, your news, an original ClarksvilleNow.com podcast. And maybe next year we'll win an award for this thing oh yeah yeah knock those uh yokels off of that award i can't wait to get an even more awkward picture on the front of clarksonnow.com yeah